Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, presented by the tech doctor, Ronan Leonard. Hi, welcome to today's Irish Tech News Podcast, which comes on National, National Women's Day. I'm talking with Tracy O'Rourke, who's the founder of Vivid Edge. Hello, Tracy, how are you doing? I'm really good, Ronan. Really nice to be here with you today. Okay, that's great. Now, first of all, tell me a little bit of your background. So, Ronan, my background started off in finance, banking and aircraft leasing. I spent most of my 20s in London. I was working at Pricewaterhouse and also at Diageo. And then by 30, I'd moved back to Ireland and I took up a finance director role in Bank of Ireland. And I went on to roles in payments, strategy, corporate development. I'm a visionary at heart. I loved opportunities to innovate and improve. So, for example, uh, I set up the first direct sales desk in our leasing business in Bank of Ireland, and I was involved in mobile top-ups at ATMs when I was running our retail payments business. So uh, I ended up then working in a team that was central to managing the fallout from the banking crisis, and that was really, really interesting. And my last task actually was um, holding the pen on the Bank Street structure plan for the EU. So. I really had a passion, though, to do something innovative with a purpose that was more than commercial. And ultimately, I had this urge to set up my own venture. And that was, you know, when you think about it, at that stage and in my world, nobody else I knew, and certainly no other women, were leaving to do something like this. So it was actually quite a bold move. And then also, in our house, um, delighted to be the mom of three amazing children, and an adored dog. So my husband is full-time dad, and um, you know the idea of leaping out of secure employment uh, at a relatively senior level to just completely start something from scratch, it was, it was quite a big deal. So it did, did take me a little while to get from thinking about doing this to really making that mad leap and, uh, and just going for it. thing is, if you've got a passion for it, then that's going to shine through more than anything else. I think it does, and one of, I mean, I really did struggle with this because you know I'm a chartered accountant, I'm a banker along the way. Uh, you know, there's an element of sensibility about this. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, then when you're the provider at home, but then I just kept asking myself, when I'm 95 and I'm looking back over my life, what would I advise the younger me to do? And I thought you got you got to follow your passion, you got to live your life. I think it's a really important message, and I have I'm so thrilled I made that leap, yeah. and that doesn't mean it was easy. Um, you know, plenty of challenges, but it was so the right thing to do. I'm so glad I did it. And what does Vivid Edge actually do? Vivid Edge is all about energy and innovation. And even our name, Vivid, stands for energy, and Edge stands for innovation. We are very much a commercial ver- a venture, yep. but we are one with a purpose, with a heart. And what we, what we actually do is we help large organizations to save energy and to cut costs with no capital outlay, and then the energy savings more than cover the service fee. And what we're finding is that large multinationals, they're actually doing you know, quite a lot about sustainability, but what they're doing isn't enough to help address the climate change gap. And what, what we're doing is our model complements what large multinationals are doing, and it helps them do more yeah. without having to spend their own capital. That's really what we're doing. So everybody wins because uh, it's actually uh, completely self-financing. Financing. It makes commercial sense, but it also improves the environment, and it's also really good for 
operational resilience yep. and employee well-being. So it really is a win-win. Um, and you know, sustainability can only win if it makes commercial sense. It's, it's pointless doing something if it's not going to make sense all around. In a bit of sustainability, has it become so big recently in the past few years? I think, I mean, there's lots of different views on this, but for me, I think the, the dialogue has moved from being about polar barriers in a country very far away um, now to having a real impact on people's lives. Yeah. And if you look around us in the world today, you look at California and the deadly forest fires, flooding in the wine country, and even I think a Hollywood film set was recently destroyed in the fire. Yeah. Um, you look at Australia, hottest summer ever, extreme temperatures, I think, in Adelaide, and I think some of the coal and gas plants yeah. fields there. Um, Venice, coming back to Europe, yeah. uh, is now potentially on the world's endangered heritage sites. I think UNESCO is having a look at whether you know, they need to go and, and go that far. And then even closer to home in Ireland, we're looking at loss of lives now due to climate change. We had a very big storm in 2017. I think we had a loss of five lives and yeah. the economy was hit by about 1.5 billion. So I think people are realizing climate change is real and is happening. It's not some fluffy notion that some um, some people have, but it's actually impacting lives. It's impacting our economy. And you know we, we need to stand up. Um, and I think, you know, one other statistic I like to quote is, if you think about it, we have 7 billion on the planet and set to grow to 10 and uh, by 2050. And that was only 1 billion 120 years ago. Yeah. So that explosion has just recently happened. And we have to manage the resources that we have more efficiently. So whether you even believe in climate change or not, just help us manage the resources we have and share it out across, you know, an increasingly growing population. You mentioned California, I'm thinking California has always to me been a place that has been, someone has always been very careful with their emissions and always looked after the after uh, what happens in that, country, in that county. And now you're seeing in that state, well, what's going on there now? Is someone shouldn't be there because they've always been very careful, unlike other states in America where they don't really care. Absolutely. Well, I think, you know, the, 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 and, and I actually think, I think, I think people do care and I think people are talking about it, but the challenge has been translating that into action and people realizing that action is needed now. Um, and I think, yeah, the, the, um, the problem is bigger, yeah. you know, maybe bigger than we realize. So whatever, the, you know, people have been very responsible, but I think you know, the big call out from the international agency is that it's not enough. Um, I think it is about, according to the International Energy Agency, it's about 220 uh, billion been spent annually on yeah. energy efficiency. And that needs to be a trillion yeah. if we're going to keep climate change at the targets that the G20 countries have set. So whilst California has absolutely been progressive, the problem is is that progression is not enough to stop what's happening. Yeah. It really is bigger than we thought. But for me, if I funny, about 20 years ago, Arnold Schwarzenegger was one of the guys who was actually openly uh, supportive of the Humvee vehicle. I wanted to build that. When he got governor of California, he suddenly changed. He wanted to be more economical and more, more eco-friendly. Yeah, I'm yeah, thinking, yeah. it's funny how you think, because normally with him, think big business. But suddenly he gets in and public anything, he's going to be in. He openly thought, no, no, I want this to be more eco-friendly. That to me was kind of a shock, but it was nice to see that. It's fantastic, and I mean, I could really identify with Ireland because, you know, my background isn't energy efficiency or sustainability, it's finance, and yeah. I got into this by being interested in doing something really innovative, so I had worked for a while in aircraft leasing, um, and actually before I joined it, I kind of 
deliberately almost got into that sector because I was looking to understand that model better. But I wanted to see if we could use the aircraft leasing model. Yeah, really the principles of buying, uh, or, or sorry, the aircraft leasing model is the principles of renting rather than buying. Yeah. And I wanted to use that principle to see could we get people to invest more heavily in energy efficiency. So it started off for me been something innovative, by you know, a model that was transferable. Yeah. And I, want, I did want to do something with a purpose and I picked sustainability because I felt that there was an awful lot still to be done and I felt that funding yeah. matters were only happening. But as I got into it, I began to realise how compelling it was and now I'm so sold on it. But initially, I wasn't really that knowledgeable about it. You know, I was one of these people who thinks, oh yeah, yeah, you know, must do something more. But I'm so much more compelled now that I've got into it. And I think, I think it's about getting the message in front of people and getting the dialogue out there and getting people talking about it. That makes an enormous difference. Yeah. And I think that's what happened with, with Arnold as well. Um, anyone who spends time looking at it yeah. is completely convinced that this is real and that we need to do something about it. Well, for me, basically, if you go into this and nothing of the area, after a few months, you know more. So you can be there an expert, who else in Ireland knows much about this? So like when I started doing what I'm doing now, I was doing this and there was, I thought, okay, I'll get it. After a while, I'm seeing the next couple because very few know I'm doing what I'm doing. And same with you. Very few do. So you can be doing the next part and be asked, would you give a talk on this? Or would you help promote uh, certain events? Because uh, A, women tech, but also B, because you're talking about sustainability. And who else knows the area? Well, I, I, I want to very, very quickly uh, reassure you that I certainly uh, am not an expert on this. And if anything, the little bit that I now know about it is probably more dangerous than when I do nothing at all about it. Uh, I do have a business partner yeah. who is an absolute expert in it. Uh, Paul, our technical director, is, uh, you know, they used to call him the jolly green giant because he was passionate about yeah. energy efficiency yeah. before it was yeah, even fashionable. Yeah. So uh, we, we in Vivid Edge absolutely have expertise in the sector. That, that doesn't come from me. My expertise is on um, smart and innovative business models and in particular what we're doing uh, the way we're facing into our customers is so simple it's it's a service model yeah. but what's innovative is behind the scenes is a really forward thinking and different way of approaching risk yeah. and approaching energy efficiency and even just how we structure um, you know the, the uh, every aspect of the deal behind the scenes. It is really a risk and an energy efficiency expertise behind the scenes that allows us to do something that's much more uh, cost effective and uh, much simpler, perhaps, than some of the other offerings that are that are in the market at the moment. I guess basically by having other guys who might know a bit more than you. You, you still would know enough to be able to actually sell the products. But it, to go down to the nitty gritty, you'd say, well, actually, my partner, Paul, or some other company, can tell you a bit more about it. Let me arrange a meeting with him, schedule a meeting with him, tell you more. I, 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 absolutely. We're a team, and we're actually we're a team of three um, because uh, Emer also is another partner, and Emer has a finance background like me, but a little bit more in renewables. So we really come together to deliver uh, a model. Yeah. Uh, and actually, we've quite a rare blend of skills. Um, nobody has really blended aircraft leasing with energy efficiency and, and, and renewables and said, well, what can we learn and can we come up with a, a different approach? So I think that's what's probably quite unusual about our team. But yeah, what I do... You see, the technologies are already there in the market today. We can probably completely meet the climate change goals by implementing... And when I say technologies, I mean heating and cooling systems, control yeah. systems, lighting. and. It's interesting because 
most buildings, if they have equipment that is six, eight years old, they're probably wasting about 20% of their energy bill. Nobody's worried about that because the equipment is working perfectly well. Yeah. But what we're saying is, do you realize that you're just you know, pouring money down the drain and then you're, you have a bigger uh, carbon footprint than you, you should have? And um, so you know, if you can find a way to upgrade and spread the cost, because yeah. the energy savings will pay for it if you can do that, so that's what we help with, then you can actually save costs and be much more responsible. That is all I need to understand when I'm speaking with my customers. Yeah. Because so many proven technologies out there yeah. will do the trick. Now, we do absolutely a rigorous technical assessment of the yeah. technology and the business case. And that's the piece that Paul looks after for us. So, yeah, when we're going in, we generally I would go in together. Yeah. And, um, and uh, you know, I'll cover the financing and the risk side of things. And Paul will cover the, uh, the you know, the whole Well, it's good that you've all got different, different skills. Because yeah. if you all had the same skill set, it wouldn't work out too well because, you know, you, you couldn't bring anything innovative on you to the business. Well, uh, absolutely. But, uh, you know, when, when, when you went mapping, and, you know, one of the other things that's um, perhaps unusual about the Redeg, we're actually selling into our formal selves. Yeah. So Emer and I both used to be CFOs. Yeah. And then Paul used to be the head of realty at yeah. Citigroup. So we actually understand who we're dealing with. We used to be in their shoes. Yeah. And we, I think we really understood the pain points yeah. quite well. And, you know, what we're doing differently is a large number of very subtle differences. Yeah. They're ones that really matter, yeah. an enormous difference. Yeah. And you know, I think the other thing I'd really like to say is there there are quite a number of players in the market yeah. with slightly different models yeah. than ours. I see all of us playing a really important role. So yeah. in this world, we're not trying to displace any existing player. We're not yeah. trying to grab anyone else to share. What we're trying to do is this is an underserved market. And we are filling a new space, and yeah. we're trying to stimulate growth and interest in that space. So it's, yeah. a, it's a much more kind of broad broad-minded approach. Now, one thing I'm wondering about: uh, what some tips can you give to businesses or startups that can help them become energy efficient? Yeah, I think uh, I think it's interesting because um, you know you look at things from different perspectives. So, at a very very simple level, you can do some practical stuff, which would be just like you'd recommend anybody would do at home. So, you know, if you're changing your light bulbs, make it an LED one, yeah. which is much more efficient. And uh, you can get quite inex- uh, inexpensive sensors now, putting lights in corridors, your bathrooms, so that they only come on when they're really needed. You can make sure your building's well insulated, and then also get. Your, your, your staff, your people to buy into uh, good behaviour. So, like, don't have the window open uh, when you also have the heating on. Yeah. And a lot of it is just really basic uh, housekeeping. I think it's important as well to just think about um, you know, waste and, and recycling and, and, and generally just getting people thinking about being a good corporate citizen. Yeah. So, that's, that's really at a very, very simple level. I think also um, you can think about, again, if you're a small business, uh, you ask your landlord, is the building you're renting the energy efficient? Yeah. And it's about it's about getting people talking about that and getting landlords realizing that people are starting to care about this yeah. and um, you know being responsible. And then also have us on your boardroom agenda. 
yeah. have sustainability as a key performance indicator and yeah. start measuring it. So, and you know, very simply, you know, how do you do that? Well, if you just look at your energy bill, you can, that'll tell you what your actual consumption is, and just start thinking, well, and get staff involved. You know, what, what are their ideas? It's very much a collaborative thing. But I really believe the first step to getting anything done is get it on the agenda, get people talking about it, and even if people violently object, I think that's huge progress because yeah. you have it on the agenda. And once something gets attention, gets a bit of noise, it's 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 the first key step to making change. Um, with regard to the large corporates, I think it's a little bit different, and I think um, you know for them. It's really about trying to talk about environmental social governance yep. and that's now very much on boardroom agendas. I believe there's a disconnect between the strategic intent and I really believe it's there yeah. and the operational reality on the ground. Yeah. So projects are still done piecemeal down in individual buildings. Mm -hmm. But I do think that uh, that's starting to change. Again, it's all about being on the agenda uh, and getting it measured. Yeah. And so the, 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 the world that we sell into really is uh, large multinationals. So for us, that's the audience that we're talking to most yeah. of the time but um, yeah getting dialogue getting people to talk about it I think that's what gets everything yeah I guess once you start talking that's the easy bit yeah yeah. Once that's done, you talk about it, then it's easier to do because you're talking about it. And if, if you get your staff talking about this, next thing is, well, talking about it, we, we've actually, they've actually mentioned the word we don't talk about sustainability and energy efficiency. So once they've actually mentioned that, it's easier to go and deal with it. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, that, you know, that, that's how to get anything started. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, so. And also, another good thing is you're up for a 2019 Cartier Women's Initiative Award. Tell us a bit more about the award. Well, this is just such a fantastic opportunity, and uh, I must say uh, the sponsors, that's Cartier and uh, INSEAD and McKinsey, have been absolutely incredible. And I, I guess I am somebody who started a business at a relatively advanced stage in my career. I worked in the corporate world for, yeah. for, for quite a long time um, first. First of all, for me, I think success comes from environment. And for me, it was about putting myself in an environment with other people who were doing similar things. Yeah. And this award is an amazing opportunity to join an international network of women, incredible women, yeah. all doing really widely diverse things that have a very positive impact on, you know, on the world socially, yeah. but they're also commercial ventures. So that's just such an amazing opportunity. I've been blown away by this program from the outset uh, since I was uh, confirmed to be a finalist. I've been allocated a mentor, a really high caliber mentor. This isn't, you know, naughty stuff. It's, yeah. it's, it's really, um, uh, you know, a superb strategic thought partner to really think about where I'm taking the business and where I'm going to grow it to. And um, there is a whole uh, program, executive program, that runs over a 12-week period, and that will culminate in a one-week retreat in San Francisco, which will be very intensive. The 21 finalists yeah. will get together, and then at the end of that, they will announce one laureate per region. So I'm very fortunate to have been one of three women who have been uh, final, uh, identified as finalists in Europe, and one of them, one of us, will be awarded the laureate. That also comes with a financial prize. So. 
the minimum price, the finalist will get is $30,000 and the laureate is awarded $100,000. The whole programme from start to where it's got to now has been so professionally run. Yeah. And um, you know, for our business, it's endorsement, which is fantastic. It is the chance to be part of a global community of incredible women. That network is just priceless. Yeah. But also, it's going to really help David Edge realise its ambition because yeah. where we want to get to is we want to ultimately partner with a number of really forward-thinking multinationals yeah. and we want to be their execution partner across their entire portfolio to make that more energy efficient and I have no doubt that this whole experience with Cartier is a critical stepping stone to getting there in conjunction with INSEAD and also with McKinsey so guess, it was just phenomenal Yeah, I guess with their name and brand name it's going to be easier to sell it worldwide Absolutely. I mean, every step is an endorsement. I mean, yeah. we've been terribly fortunate in Vivid Edge. We've got uh, we've Enterprise Ireland uh, behind us. They gave us feasibility funding, and they gave us um, they also gave us. Uh, we're a high potential startup with equity investment, yeah. and then also we're in Nova UCD, which is an innovation hub. And each one of these steps, we have both public and sector, uh, private sector clients. We have a large uh, Swiss fund behind us as well, and um, so really. Um, each each stepping stone in the journey just helps bed down credibility, and I see this has been a huge milestone for us in that journey. Absolutely. Yeah, and about your mentor, can you mention who they are? Or is it secret? No, so it's it's a it's a very high caliber uh, mentor who has done a lot of extensive uh, a lot of extensive work with organisational yeah. design, and um, for me. Um, one of the things the mentor is here to assist with is business plan and financial projections. My background has resulted in me being relatively experienced in this yeah. space. I've done finance as my core competency and I've put together business plans for large organizations. Yeah. So I didn't necessarily need guidance in producing some of this material. Yeah. And I was absolutely thrilled that what I was allocated instead was an expert in organizational change, yeah. really bringing up what I'm trying to do to a higher level and being a, a you know a challenger and a care partner for um, that will really help us sharpen our proposal yeah. and uh, in particular think about the multinational audience that we're yeah. selling into. And so when do we know uh, when is the final of the country? So the final week will kick off at the very end of April yeah. and uh, all finalists then have to do uh, a pitch to a very eminent panel of judges on the 1st of May yeah. and the laureates will be announced as a formal awards ceremony in San Francisco on May 2nd. That's good. Anything else you want to add to the podcast? No, I think that's probably covered uh, all yeah. of the key points that we've to address. So. That's great, yeah.